close your eyes and don't try to hide Or a silly spook, place it by your side Shrouded in a dark disguise They pretend to terrorize When we ghosts come out to socialize Welcome, foolish mortals. You have stumbled into the graveyard and discovered the Grim Grinning Guys, Walt Disney World Planning Podcast. We are your ghost hosts this evening. I'm Matt. I'm Derek. And I'm Craig. Please stay calm. The room is not actually stretching. Go ahead and pull down those safety bars because we won't be doing that for you. Gentlemen, happy Monday, September the 16th. This is Milestone episode 153. I'm going to say that before I get us off track. So, yes. Yes. So you what, had one job in this podcast. I did. To keep track and, uh, of you know. Some of us here are still reeling from Douglas's derogatory statements of us last Monday, I will say. Derek is still in pain. Yes. Craig's riding high though. Always. So uh but Bait, we, Bates, Bates and Shelton. That's soon. Yes, we've heard it over and over, Craig. We are we are back and uh again. But we have a very special guest, uh, the very first ever guest from the Hall of Personalities, all the way back on episode 12. B- before you introduce him, Matthew, do we need to redo our intro now that this is the fourth Grim Grinning guy? Do we need to? I wouldn't say that and get everybody's hopes up. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Or scare them. Okay. Regardless, <laughs> uh, depending on how they view mm-hmm. things. Uh, but the title of this show, as you have seen, is Extra Extra, Josh All About It, and our friend Josh from EZWDW is in the house. How are you, Josh? I am great. It's a little strange to be on a regularly scheduled podcast, but I appreciate <laughs> the invite. Now, now, so you're saying that your show is irregularly scheduled, correct? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that people have said that. People, <laughs> certain people. Well, we're, we're called spontaneous all the time just because we do no show prep. So, you know, you're kind of on the, on the yes. same show, you know. Yes. There's... Yeah, I'll, I'll fit into that. That's good. <laughs> Definitely. What do you think of the show title? I think it's fantastic. <laughs> well, anything to please Josh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but we are here. Derek, what are we going to talk to Josh about today? Well, I hope by the title it's something extra, extra special. Matthew, you want, give a little rundown for those listeners. I mean, there's very few, but they don't know who Josh is. Uh, why don't we let Josh tell them who he is himself? Josh, you want to give us a 20-second a bio here? Not particularly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'll do it. Josh runs EasyWDW.com. I think we can all agree. The number one planning site out there if you're looking to plan your next uh, Walt Disney World vacation. Uh, If you don't have time to listen to every single Grim Grinning Guys episode, because really how many of them are actually helpful, go to EasyWDW.com and you can find all kinds of information. Uh, I send numerous people there. But uh, he's also the author of The Easy Guide to Your Walt Disney World Vacation, which is in what edition now, Josh? 2020, coming out. Coming out soon. Yeah, and and we'll probably give away one of Josh's books again in the near future. We do try to do that annually. We do. It's an annual tradition, almost as big as Christmas. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Josh is here to talk to us about the extra, extra magic hours that are currently taking place at Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, and Magic Kingdom. And I believe these go through November the 2nd. Is that correct, Josh? That is correct. And uh, why don't you tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about why these came to be and whether or not you think they will continue. 
Well, the expectation was that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was going to drive significant attendance increases to both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So back on May 4th of this year, which probably not coincidentally was with the whole May the 4th be with you Uh thing, Disney announced that they were going to do extra magic hours every single day for about two months. And this was before Star Wars Land had opened in Disneyland, maybe three weeks before the reservation only time and about seven or eight weeks before it opened to everybody. And at, at the time, everybody, including Disney, thought that the parks were going to be completely overrun with people. And so in, in an attempt to mitigate that, they announced these extra, extra magic hours, which are going to be three hours long at Hollywood Studios and an extra hour at Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. And potentially the people did not turn up to Disneyland, and it's a little too early to say with the hurricane threat last week, uh, the same week that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was opening, what Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to mean here. But we do have about seven more weeks of all of these extra magic hours every day. Uh, let me ask you this kind of as a side note is in your time being in Orlando, I know you've been there since 2011. Have you ever seen the parks? You mentioned the hurricane. Have you ever seen the parks as uncrowded as they have been this last week? Not since the last I hurricane. Don't, I, I don't think so. Uh, maybe a random day, like six or seven or eight years ago. But I did the extra, extra magic hour at Animal Kingdom this past week. I think on Thursday, maybe the day after the hurricane was supposed to come through. And the thing is that even the the extra, extra magic hour at Animal Kingdom is from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., and just an 8 a.m. open would be relatively uncrowded. That makes touring pretty easy because people do not show up that early because they're not prepared to get up that early on vacation. And so I got there at 6.30, and there were maybe at most 200 other people there. Uh-huh. So we walked right on Flight of Passage two times. Wow. Almost no wait. We went on Navi River Journey twice. Nobody in front of us in line. Safaris, Everest twice, Dinosaur, Triceratops spin. And I don't think we waited more than maybe eight minutes, and that was for Flight of Passage. When I went over to Everest at 10.30, the wait was still five minutes, and that's unheard of. I mean, typically the first week, you know, a few days after Labor Day is fairly uncrowded anyways. Do you think that's a big factor or maybe not so much Uh, it's certainly a big factor the hurricane we'll see what things look like this next week i'm planning on doing the studios extra extra magic hour on wednesday again and then going back over to magic kingdom on thursday it's still one of the least crowded times of year though which is sort of interesting that disney would have done this during this time frame because Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom are opening at 8 a.m. every single day in September and October. And last year, Magic Kingdom opened at 8 a.m. in October on zero days. Right. So it's all driven by Star Wars. 
you would have to think that they were expecting incredible crowds for Star Wars with only the one ride open. And had they waited, had they known that Disneyland was not going to draw these crowds, you do sort of wonder if they would have done all of this. How much of the the Disneyland, though, is, is due to the restructuring of the pass holder situation there? They, I mean, they... They really cut back on the the days available to some of the lower pass holders and and made the the upper tier pass passes quite expensive over the last couple of years. So is that a big driver you think to to the to the local numbers that they got this year? Well, I mean, if the pass holders were not blocked out, you would expect that attendance would have been higher. But at the same time, they blocked them out because they expected demand to be higher. And it turned out that nobody went year over year, summer over summer, attendance was down. And you do not invest a billion dollars into your business with the intention of having fewer people visit. Mm -hmm. And even now, Galaxy's Edge still has not been a significant draw, even with the pass holders blockouts now lifted and it could be different once rise of the resistance opens here on december 5th and there like maybe the second week of january and i was going to ask you about that is do you think the one ride uh, is really going to drive up attendance that much more i mean obviously we've heard great things about it uh but i mean there's obviously a lot of pressure on it to perform well do you think it's really going to cause the attendance to surge that much more than than what it's going to be in maybe october no, I don't. Hmm. It, it, it's a the whole thing is a bit strange. I, I don't think you can explain why Pandora is so popular because that land pushed attendance at Animal Kingdom up twenty percent, mm-hmm. and you cannot find a person that cares about Avatar. There's a, there's somebody's listening saying I love Avatar, <laughs> but other than that one person, <laughs> that that's it. You're the only one. But why does that ride still carry a 160-minute average wait? Why is it still pushing so many people to visit this land based on property that nobody cares about? Whereas you have Star Wars, where theoretically there is an incredible built-in demand, and they cannot get people to go visit a theme park because of that. It's the same thing with movies. Some movies bomb. The Good Dinosaur, a good movie for Disney, bombed. Maybe with a different marketing campaign, maybe with a different trailer, maybe with a different title. That movie does two or three hundred more million dollars, but they can't figure it out. And if I could figure it out, I won't <laughs> say that I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. <laughs> do you, and this, we're kind of getting off topic here, but I'm just curious, do you think the price increases have finally... Are we finally starting to see that impact attendance? Are people finally saying, you know what, we're just not going to do this anymore? Because I, I'm, I've talked on the show here, uh, you know, we got back from our trip in June, had a great time, but I also made the statement that we're probably going to take a break for a while just because it is so expensive and, and you know, maybe wait until all this new stuff gets added. Do you think that's playing a factor at all? I mean, certainly you price out a vacation. I'm not sure if people necessarily, it's always been expensive, 
but as people as, as the prices go up and you see what the bottom line price is and you just can't swing it anymore i mean that that certainly has to be a thing i think with disney world in particular being an international resort they saw the influx of brazilians the influx of south americans and saw that they were willing to pay these prices and so they continued to raise prices thinking that even if the south american economy tanks which it did there would be other wealthy people from abroad to come in and replace them and so far that does not seem to have happened the thing about Disney is they can obviously run discounts to get people to come. You might not be interested in coming today, but if they announce free dining for the the days you're looking to visit, or maybe it's a buy five days, get three days free, like they can get you back on discounts potentially, but certainly the bottom line price going up, you have to think that they have priced people out. If your vacation costs five thousand dollars today and it costs thirty five hundred dollars three years ago mm, you know yeah. you're not you're not making 30 or 40 percent more money you might even right. be making less than you were yeah. that that time so certainly they, they are pricing people out there's no doubt about that and there's apparently nobody to replace them at this time yeah so you would say it's safe to say that uh, we're certainly not going to see these extra, extra magic hours extended into uh, more of November, December, January? I don't think there is any chance that they extend Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom. It's so expensive to open these parks early for nobody. That's why they moved away from the 8 a.m. opens like four or five years ago. Magic Kingdom would have opened at 8 a.m. in September on 15 to 20 dates. Yeah. But nobody shows up that early. So last year, they opened at 8 a.m. on exactly two dates. This mm. year, they're opening at 8 a.m. on 30 dates, and there's still nobody to go. But do you think they'll, they'll care at all? I, I mean, because I, I mean, I've seen your tweets from, from your time in Animal Kingdom there, and uh, the the overall quality of the experience that people are getting in those early hours, from a PR standpoint, do you think that I, I mean, do you think Disney cares about that at all? Because you would have to think that these people are enjoying the parks to a much greater degree. I can, well, I can only speculate. You know, evening extra magic hours used to be three hours, right? And at Magic Kingdom in August and September the park would be open until 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. I have a picture of me, maybe the saddest ride I've ever taken. I was literally the only person on Mad Tea Party at like 1.50 in the morning at the end of August. Uh And so Disney must have taken a look at how many people were there, how much it cost to operate that park from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m., and decided that it did not make any sense if they're going to spend the money they'd be better off investing it in experiences that people are actually going to be there for. So the fact that three years ago they opened at eight, 20 times in September, now they're open twice means that no, they don't care about efficiency. They don't care about how well your morning goes. I mean, you just have to go to magic kingdom or animal kingdom on a 9am open day with above average attendance and be stuck there in flight of passage walking there completely miserable 
that Disney does not care. So no, I, I don't think that they're giddy about the fact that I had a good time at Animal Kingdom <laughs> a couple of days ago. But but isn't and you kind of alluded to that a while ago? Is, isn't that kind of what their goal was though? Was to raise the price so much where it did? It's almost like it's a double negative for them. It, it, they raised it up so much because they did want to kind of lessen the crowds, but now the crowds are lessened, and they're really not sure what to do about it. I mean, it's kind of a they're kind of biting themselves of what they really wanted to do. If you were running a business, uh, Disney, obviously, everybody, oh, Disney's a business. Like, you know, you're not a genius by pointing that out. <laughs> but do you, think, do you think if Disney could get Christmas prices and Christmas crowds every day, if they can make the maximum amount of money every single day with no repercussions, do you think they would do that? So, sure. Like, if every day had Christmas crowds at Christmas prices, if that was a possibility, would they do it? Yeah, I think so. And so if, if the answer is yes, then all they want is the most money they can get. Right. It's like you said, uh, you'd have to be not very smart to think that that's not why they're in business. I mean, they're in business to make money. It's not, it's, they it, are a business. It, it isn't just to put smiles <laughs> on people's faces. It is to make money. I mean, that's the reason they do what they do and to pay the bills and, and, and keep expanding. That's the question I guess I have, Josh, is what, when will the expansions quit? I mean, they, they're still, you know, we've got Tron coming up. You've got all they're doing at Epcot. I mean, it's just a continual. How long have you been Have you been covering Disney now? Almost 10 years, which is a long time, but also not very long if you look back at the storied history of the Walt Disney Company. But 10 years, very closely for the last 10. And you're, you're probably covering the, the 10 years of the most expansion to the parks, the most... And besides when they built Animal Kingdom and built Epcot and, and, and Hollywood Studios, you're probably covering it now more than ever where they've actually expanded into areas of the park, when, don't you think? Yeah, they're making significant changes. I tweeted out something about so something positive for once, and people hey, thought that I had been where was that? <laughs> I, I had been taken over by an alien because I said <laughs> something nice about Hollywood Studios. But the fact is that they and probably the government and my tax dollars spent a significant amount of money on improving infrastructure on Hollywood Studios, and it really paid off. Like, you, you can't be mad about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. We've got Tron. We've got Guardians. We've got Ratatouille. Like, there's big things are still coming and big things probably to still be announced as it's certainly an exciting time right at walt disney world and things are only going to get better there's only going to be more things to do so that's exciting so, so but, you... but they're also competing continuously against universal he's building an entire third theme park which disney has to be mindful of I believe you so, mean I believe you mean a fourth theme park, right, Josh? <laughs> I didn't misspeak. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> uh, just just out of curiosity, what are you most looking forward to that Disney's currently working on? Oh, Guardians is supposed to be uh, supposed to be something special. Even maybe with the, they always talk about budget cuts and stuff, but uh, that thing's going to cost five or six hundred million dollars. Wow. And should uh, just be pretty awesome. And Tron is exciting as well, even if there's a Shanghai version. Yeah. 
so ratatouille will be an, a nice addition it's not going to rock anybody's world from what i gather but it certainly be a nice a nice ride like kind of like a winnie the pooh maybe kind of situation where you go on it and it's fun and you feel good and you move on with your day so getting back to our idea of the extra extra magic hours uh, obviously it's for hotel guests just out of curiosity as someone who lives there uh, what do you do as far as do you just book a hotel and stay there or not stay there because obviously you're having to to stay there to get those perks right oh that is true uh, being a blogger i'm using the extra extra magic hours time to book some resorts to take some pictures um, of the rooms that i need to update like all-star movies is where i'm staying at on wednesday because i hate myself but i also need <laughs> pictures of the refurbished rooms <laughs> but doing the whole staycation thing is a popular thing here especially if you can get a florida resident rate or a cast member rate it's not necessarily if you take away all of your travel costs just driving down the road yeah i get i'll be staying at all-star sports the rate is a hundred and two dollars for the night with tax with my passholder discount I'll get two days of extra, extra magic hours out of it. And if people are coming to visit traveling, you may also look at spending a night on property to get those perks because you get the extra, extra magic hours on your check-in and check-out day. So you could potentially show up on your check-in day at Hollywood Studios and do that and then go to Magic Kingdom on the next day and you'll have a fabulous time. You'll be in the best position to have a great day. And then you'll be able to go back to your off-site thing and be more comfortable, probably for less money on the other days of your visit. That's a great tip. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you explaining that because I was wondering why you didn't just knock on doors and ask people to take pictures of the rooms rather than booking. <laughs> so that makes a lot oh. more sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do that, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, a lot of my friends are also bloggers and almost everybody that I hang out with or know is a big theme park person. But you can go and take advantage of everything Disney World has to offer, the amenities, the bus rides, the pool. Like, it's fun for us to go kind of forget about things as well. So you're still able to enjoy yourself there. That's good. Well, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Do you ever just go to the parks without a camera? I mean, do you ever do that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you've got to be yeah. kidding me <laughs> yeah yeah my, my girlfriend and i go and i'll leave the camera at home but i still uh take it take the camera out for food pictures and stuff a lot of the time <laughs> but yeah yeah from time to time and it's nice to go over to universal which nobody cares about like i don't have to cover that right it's kind of fun and sea world and stuff too have you been but usually to- if I'm at Disney World, I'll chronicle my time just for your benefit. <laughs> Not for mine, but for you. Have you been back to Legoland? Like, yeah, absolutely. I think they have a new land there, too, I was reading about today. Yeah. I have to get back down there. Get, yeah, uh, we will, absolutely have to. Derek and I want your opinion. Do you feel like the water parks are a must-do at Come Disney? Now. We just, we're wondering... St- I never said they were a must-do. Okay. Well, as somebody who has not had their shirt off in public in <laughs> 25 years, I don't think I'm the best. <laughs> like, nobody's like, Josh is a fun guy to go to the water park. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably not the guy, but 
<laughs> uh, there, you can take advantage of like the water parks and more. I'm, I'm not a ticket expert in that because I don't, I don't have those kinds of tickets. I don't have any experience in doing that sort of thing, but certainly if you want a bit of a day off, I would guess go in there and splish splashing around, which a lot of <laughs> urine and little kids, I guess would be fun. If that's what you want to do with your time. I don't know. I'll tell you what, Let's get it, go early. See, Derek and I are, Derek and I are not the, uh, water park fans and Matthew is not the Disney Springs fan. So yes. we balance each other out. Well, anyways, Josh, uh, I saw where you, uh, we, I read your post, uh, with your first extra, extra magic hour at Hollywood studios. You talked in there, uh, because we, we're not going on, on our fall break this year. Uh, we have several f- friends that are going and we're kind of apprehensive about going to galaxy's edge it looked like, based on your advice, the thing to do would be to go to Toy Story Land first and then kind of circle back toward Galaxy's Edge around 8.30. Is that you think that's still good advice? I think that's good advice. At Hollywood Studios, they're opening at 6 a.m. for extra magic hours every day until November 2nd. And it's so early in the morning that you could rock Galaxy's Edge, I think, most days. It's not unlike a, another rope drop. It's it's further, which right. makes it a bit more unpleasant. If if you want to go to Galaxy's Edge first, and you get there early, if you get there at five fifteen, you know you're going to be fine every day, I would think. But potentially, you could have a way easier day starting at Toy Story Land with Slinky Dog Dash, Alien Swirling Saucers, and Toy Story Mania, where virtually nobody is going. And even if more people do start showing up for the extra, extra magic hours, still at least 90% of the people are headed to Star Wars land first thing. Yeah, and, and the thing is about crowd flow is you get a huge influx of people from 6 a.m. that are there through 6.15, 6.30, people running a bit late. But there are not a lot of people aiming to get there at 8 a.m., Right. Like it's either 6 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. And at the moment, Smuggler's Run does not have fast pass, period. So you could feasibly do everything else at the studios. Toy Story Land is open. Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Star Tours are open. You can also meet Woody and Bo Peep, Jesse, Buzz Lightyear, Mickey and Minnie and Olaf. You could do all of that no hassle whatsoever virtually no weights slinky dog by seven will probably be doing about a 15 minute wait you'd want to do that first but after that you're free and clear for two and a half hours and then go over to galaxy's edge you'll want to definitely be there before 9 a.m when the people from the main entrance those who are not eligible for extra magic hours start rolling in and maybe you'll wait an hour but the queue is is pretty cool like, if you've never seen it before, you're going to want to look around. That time passes pretty quickly. You're constantly moving because there's no fast pass. So if that's what you want to do, you could certainly do that. Smuggler's Run first thing is also viable if you can get there early enough. And don't mind the walk. You've got to hurry over there because it's real easy to fall behind in that crowd. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, based on that, you know, because I saw where you could just... And I saw other places where that said you could just ride Slinky Dog over you know multiple times before seven uh it it seems like it's 
it's like the Disney After Hours minus the ice cream and drinks, is it not? Well, with the Toy Story Land, probably more reminiscent of that early morning one. I think it, what is it? Early morning magic. Yes. So it's it was very reminiscent of that and very similar to my first experience there. And that does include the breakfast, but it's still an $80 event. Yep. And you're basically getting that for free and you don't have to eat the breakfast. So you're two for two. <laughs> Yeah, because we we did in this past January, we did the the after hours uh, in the evening, and we had an awesome time. But again, it was still a hundred dollars a person, and uh, with this, it it just it sounds awesome to me. Uh, Craig and I and Derek have been talking about just taking a road trip down there sometime over the next couple of months, driving ten hours for maybe a day or two, uh, and then just driving back because I mean it it sounds like an experience that. you, you haven't been able to get at Disney World in a long time, but also it's probably not going to be coming back anytime soon. Well, yeah, at Hollywood Studios, it, it will be interesting to see what they decide to do. It would not necessarily surprise me if they do an extra magic hour for an hour every day for the rest of the year or something. Like that would still, uh, part of the point of the extra, extra magic hour is, is to drive resort occupancy to push people to stay on property to fill the resort rooms and so that would still be a good way of doing that potentially at the same time being able to just decrease the discounts i would guess somebody looked at how much it cost to operate animal kingdom and then looked at how much it would cost to discount all those rooms by 25 percent and said that animal kingdom operations is less expensive let's do that. We'll probably get the same number of people booking because it's, it's such an advantage. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, three, three hours of pretty much do whatever you want to. And sounds awesome. Josh, do you pretty much see this remaining the same until the other ride at, at galaxy's edge opens? I'm asking for a friend that's going November the 8th through the 10th, just to, just to make sure we're, we're coming down and we're doing the uh, Christmas party on Friday night. And then, Saturday and Sunday's up for grabs, but I'm I'm wanting uh, my family's not experienced Pandora and they've not experienced the Christmas party, so they want to do all that, and then we're going to do Galaxy's Edge as well. But do you foresee anything changing that by then? I mean, kind of the crowds and everything's about the same as it is now. Well, if you're November eighth, you said that's after the extra extra magic hours right. Is up. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. It, as far as the crowds and things like that, there's nothing really going to change that, is there? Well, Hollywood Studios, if they change to a 9 a.m. open, is going to be bonkers. Even with just a Toy Story Land rope drop, has been the least pleasant. It's People show up early for that. So if they move to 9 a.m. opens, it's going to be, it's that's going to be rough. Maybe they'll go to 8 a.m. opens and do an extra magic hour from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Would be doable. Uh, somebody's going to look at the numbers for these couple of months and say to themselves, what were we thinking? <laughs> That's just my estimation. That's kind of what I was going to ask, why they're, why they're cutting off at November the 2nd, or is that just kind of a, a rough date set out there right now so they can examine everything going on? It, it, you'd have to think that they didn't want to commit to any more than that. They thought the opening couple of months were going to be incredibly popular. Right. And it's just turned out that that is just not the case. For whatever reason, 
people do not want to visit Star Wars land. Which is why, guys, we've got to get down there. Yes. Because this opportunity is not coming again. And we can stay with Josh. Well, yeah. But we have to get the... We, 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 we can't get the, uh, we can't get the extra, extra magic out. Uh, we'll stay with Josh at, the, at All-Star Music. Because <laughs> yeah. those beds okay sleep. With, yeah. If you guys are okay with the floor, it's fine. With me. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Well, Josh, any other advice for our listeners about uh, how to maximize extra, extra magic hours or just uh, touring tips in general for the rest of the year? Well, with Galaxy's Edge, you, you do want to decide how early you want to get there. The thing is, like, if you do get there at 5.15 for Smuggler's Run, you are basically waiting that hour to ride the ride because you're not going to get on there until 6.15 at the earliest anyway. So you might be better off getting there at, like, 5.45, 5.50 and doing everything else without any issues whatsoever. With Magic Kingdom, it's important to keep in mind that extra magic hour is going to be from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., and one of the things there is only Fantasyland and Tomorrowland are open at that time. And that surprises a lot of people who are expecting to, you know, their plan is to go to Big Thunder Mountain first. Uh-huh. And Frontierland isn't open at all. Josh, with the new hotels that are going to be opening up, you've got the Tower, the Grand Estano just opened, the Riviera opens shortly, and which is DVC, but... It still adds more rooms to property. And the rehab facility on Discovery Island will open in a couple of years. It's not an actual rehab facility for the, oh. for the record. Thank you for clearing Sorry. that up. But is Disney going to have a problem if all these rooms happen to get filled? Where are all those people going? I'm, I've been there some a couple times this year. And, and while it hasn't been totally full, I can't imagine more people getting there and filling in the parks say December and and there being a lot of room for, for many more people than they've got the beds for now. I'm just worried about what's gonna happen to to space inside the parks with, with all those beds coming available. Well, they'll just go to Ratatouille. It'll be fine. <laughs> well the the thing is that overall Attendance at the parks is driven by off-site visitors. It's not the Grand Destino with however many, a few hundred rooms or true reflections or whatever, you know, that one's called with a couple hundred rooms or the closets that are about to open at the Riviera that you have to be worried about. It's all these off-site resorts. And with even with the Extra Magic Hours program a couple of years ago, that would have been just Disney Resorts, just Shades of Green, and just Swan and Dolphin. But two years ago, they added the Disney Springs Resort. They mm-hmm. added Four Seasons. They added the Waldorf. And so that was another thing that I was just guessing, is that it must have cost those resorts some amount of money to buy into the program if the Hilton is going to be good for extra magic hours, they must have paid for it. And that could be what Disney is using to that money could have been what was budgeted to spend on these extra, extra magic hours that we're seeing. They could have been banking it. So to answer your question, the grand destino is not the concern. It's the 15 Hiltons in the area they're building. It's 
all the Airbnbs, it's all these houses, all these apartment complexes that are coming up. That's the concern. And the and what is it, Flamingo Crossing? That they're oh yeah, Flamingo that, that's, Crossing. That's going to have several hotels and Great Wolf Lodges and Twelve Walgreens. <laughs> but the the extra extra magic hours are an, an incredible gift moving forward. Every day until November second, six a.m. to nine a.m. at the studio, seven a.m. to eight a.m. at Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. If you're going to do Smuggler's Run, get there by 5.15 and be ready to head left with the people. Animal Kingdom, you can get there closer to 20, 30 minutes before open. Magic Kingdom, the same. But you're going to have a, a great hour. Because the other thing is that the extra, extra magic hours, the number of people who are eligible does not change. So even if you are going on a day that's going to be much busier in the afternoon the number of people who can go during the extra magic hours time doesn't change. It's always the same number of rooms. And during this time, that's another thing is that in September and October, Disney, their own resort occupancy is at the highest levels of the year, which may have also been part of the decision because of free dining and because of the rates are lower. So the number of people that can potentially go there this week is actually higher than July 4th when they aren't discounting and prices are higher. Well, I'm currently checking dates to see if we can make it. Uh, not a lot of success so far on the value front, but we're going to keep looking around, aren't we, guys? You are, yes. That, yeah. That's the thing, though. There's not a lot of availability because those rooms are full, but it's still also some of the lowest crowds of the year this month because there are not people coming from off-site. Right, right. It's mostly just resort guests. Well, guys, you got any more questions for Josh? Josh, how's your Showtime series coming? I was noticing that on one of your tweets. Um, so far, so good. Great. Great ratings. Hoping for a renewal. <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. It's no. on Becoming a God in Central Florida. It's a Showtime series about Josh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that. Well, Josh, it's now time for us. We appreciate, as always, uh, the great insight that you give to the Disney parks. Again, you are someone who is on the ground uh, multiple times a week. And so you actually, uh, you're, you're not just typing numbers into an algorithm. You actually know what's happening, and uh, that's that's why you're the best. I wanted to say one thing, too, about, about Josh's tweets. I love the random tweets from time to time. That was one of them, but the one I really enjoyed was when you tweeted, this was September the 5th. Uh, what you see with your eyes, you feel in your heart. Brian, the safari <laughs> driver guy. And then you put, it's a little too early for that, Brian. I, I love I love the stuff like that because it's just so random and you just never know what to expect. But So that, that was pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you. Sleep deprivation brings out some humor. <laughs> well, Josh, it's now time for a segment that... The longest running segment on the show, and we like to call it to call it to call grim, grim, grinning, grinning, greatness, grim, grinning, greatness. That's right. And Josh, you've been a part of this before. Well, here, let me ask you a question. Okay. okay, sounds great. If you were going to go to Hollywood Studios after hearing what I had to say about the touring strategies, and you've never been to Smuggler's Run first. Would you go to Smuggler's Run first, or would you be able to go to the other rides and put that off for two and a half hours? Uh, after reading what you wrote, I'm, I was thinking I would definitely go to 
uh, Toy Story Land first. I'd go Slinky Dog first because I, I know it's a great ride. It's a fun ride. And it's my only opportunity to ride that. I, I, I just think, and I'm one that I don't really like the comfortable rope drop experiences. And and the way that you described it just being longer, uh, I thought, you know, it, and, and as good as you said the queue is, I don't think I would even have a problem riding that for the first time for, you know, I wouldn't mind waiting an hour if I needed to. If I'd known, I, if I knew I'd already done everything else in the park. Uh, but then again, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. I'm not... I wasn't overly enthusiastic about Galaxy's Edge to begin with. I'm looking forward to it. It looks amazing. But, you know, based on a lot of what you've put, I can hold it off and, and even go to do Galaxy's Edge at night. How about you, Derek? Mm-hmm. I, I'm like you. I would go I would go to Toy Story, especially if I had Boone with me. Oh, yeah. I would, because he could do all three of those rides now. And so so we'd hit all three of them as a family at least once and then, and then move on to... Yeah. The aerial show that'd be fantastic. There you go. Right after, <laughs> I think, and what I'm planning on doing in November, I think I'm going to try to follow your plan. I mean, after, of course, you said this was the day after the hurricane. So you're going Galaxy's Edge first? No, 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 no. I'm going. I'm going to uh, Toy Story Land because it's. I, I, I think that you just got a better, better chance of doing everything. My my goal is going, again. My family hasn't hasn't seen any of Toy Story Land, so my goal is do that. If we get Galaxy's Edge and we get. Uh, smugglers run then we'll do that but my goal is to do toy star land and experience that and i think with josh's plan i think it's that's the best way to get the most bang for your buck to do you can do slinky dog several times in that time frame so that's kind of what what we're going to shoot for i also like the uh your plan for i don't know this isn't the question but your plan for uh animal kingdom too because they haven't ridden flight of passage yet too so that'll be a great experience and looks like you can really if you go there early enough and, and go go quick enough there, you can do about everything there a couple times. Yeah, my expectation is that my experience at Hollywood Studios was about average. I went there on the Sunday, which was a few days before the hurricane, and also the first time that they were doing the extra, extra magic hours there. They had started doing the extra, extra magic hours at the other parks a few days before in an attempt to probably pull as many people away from those first few days of Galaxy's Edge as possible. Mm-hmm. But at Animal Kingdom, I would you're not going to have as good of a time as I. It's as successful as a day. Right. You might only be able to do Flight of Passage once, for example, before the line maybe gets a bit more prohibitive. It's just so early. People just are not there that early. Even on busier days with 8 a.m. opens, I was doing a series for a while about the Magic Kingdom, how much more success I had on 8 a.m. days that were busier than 9 a.m. days with shorter average waits. Yeah. And those those early mornings are just fantastic. You try to do whatever you can to take advantage of it, especially for the next two months of unprecedented extra, extra magic hours. Mm-hmm. It's you got to give it to Disney for giving it to us. It's a it's a right. great thing. I've I've not had better days at Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, or Magic Kingdom than I did in the past couple of weeks. It's we great. Got, we got to get there. I, I hope to get lucky like Derek. He he recognizes those drop times of when they drop the fast passes for Flight of Passage and and those rides. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to get lucky and get some of those as well. But we'll see what happens. I would I would say something about uh, us going out to eat like Matthew and, and Derek have with you, but 
it's going to be such a quick trip for us. It, it may just be a meetup with you, but uh, I'd love to do that if we can. And uh, I, if we can fit a meal in, that'll does, be great. Does your but, wife even know you're going yet, Craig? Don't, uh, she's not listening to this. So okay. It okay. Yeah. yeah. Well. It may just be me and Josh going to eat. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Josh, we thank you again for coming on. Anything else you want to plug or say before you head out? Well, uh, I've heard good things about EasyWW.com, but <laughs> outside of that, I'll uh, see you in the park at 6.15 in the morning at Hollywood Studios in October. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. Well, Josh, thank you again for coming on. Listeners, thanks for listening. And as you leave, be sure to beware the hitchhiking ghosts. And hurry back. If you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Mortals pay a token fee, rest in peace, the haunting spree, so hurry back, we would like your company. Oh yeah, Can I do something? born ready. Yeah. I need to get this out of my system. Okay. You've got to be kidding me! <laughs> kidding me! <laughs> this isn't an actual studio, you can't yell into the mic. <laughs>